Thanks for joining us on the way today. For the last eight weeks or so, we have been en route to the corner of faith and life. Pastors Pat and Renee have covered a lot of territory with us already, and they've helped us to learn lots of important lessons from a study of James chapter 1 through to chapter 4. We've learned from our time together, journeying through the book of James, how to deal with trials, how to resist temptation. The book of James has warned us to be careful about showing favoritism, and it's warned us to watch how we use our tongues, to be careful. The book of James has shown us the path to spiritual maturity, and it helps us to see how important it is to have a faith that is living and thriving. We are now coming near to the end of the road for this sermon series. This is the final message on our journey to the corner of faith and life. Can you see what's ahead just up the road? If you say Chambers Corners, you're correct. That's an intersection for you to have in mind that will help to illustrate our journey to the corner of faith and life. So can you imagine you're out driving down the road and there's an intersection ahead? Maybe you can imagine an intersection much like the one we have here in Waynefleet Chambers Corners. Imagine that the road that you're traveling along represents your life. Just for fun, what would you call the road representing your life? Since my last name is Main, I might call the road representing my life Main Street. Uh, you might call yours Henry's Highway, or Andrea's Avenue, or Emma's Expressway, or Pat's Parkway, or Fred's Freeway, or Ralph's Road, or Linda's Lane. Well, you get the idea. And whatever name you give it, that road, that way, represents your Christian life. It's the direction that your actions, attitudes, and beliefs take you. If you're watching this message, then I know you're still cruising along life's highway. Some of you are maybe moving a little faster than others. Maybe some of you have a little more gas in the tank and others are a little more road weary. Nevertheless, even with all the implications of COVID-19, we are all still living our lives, doing things like walking, talking, eating, doing what we can to earn a living, watching a little TV, cooking, cleaning, cutting the grass, finding ways to have fun and interact as safely as we can with other people. You know, we've been doing these kinds of things for so long that many of us can journey along through life almost mindlessly, maybe even with just one hand on the wheel. And traveling through life like that might work just fine, that is, until you come to an intersection. Danger spikes in intersections. The truth is that intersections are hazardous places. Where do most accidents occur? At intersections. You know that there's an intersection ahead. We've been talking about this for the last number of weeks. It's the corner of your faith and your life. As we come to the intersection, of our faith in life, we are wise to slow down, to obey the signs, 
and proceed with caution. If we don't, if we just breeze through the intersection without giving it a second thought, we're putting ourselves and others in danger. God doesn't want that for you, and none of us pastors want that for you. We all want to help keep you on the right road leading to heaven, helping you to steer clear of those things that will threaten your spiritual well-being. So now, I invite you to park it here with me for a few minutes as we look at four road signs from James chapter 5. Seeing and obeying these signs will help you safely through the intersection found at the corner of faith and life. The first road sign is a yield sign. When we see this bright red and white triangle along the road, it instructs us to defer to other cars and oncoming traffic, to proceed only when it's safe, and to stop when necessary. Yielding means we have to give up the idea that we need to go first. To yield spiritually is similar. Ultimately, it means to let God go first and for us to be prepared to slow down and wait for him as the need may be. James explains it this way in James chapter 5, verses 7 to 11. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience, in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. To help us understand what it means to live yielded lives, James gives several examples. The farmer, the prophets, and Job. Farmers learn to yield to the processes required in order to get a harvest. They do their part, and then they have to yield the rest to God, waiting patiently for the rain and for the land to produce its harvest. The prophets likewise proclaimed God's word, speaking in the name of the Lord, and they were frequently persecuted as a result. But they patiently persevered in doing what God had called them to do because they were yielded to God and waited for him. Then James mentions Job as a final example. Job is a person who has a whole book of the Old Testament dedicated to telling his story, how he lived through a time of severe trials and trouble, but he persevered. He yielded his way to God's way. He waited and the Lord came through for him. God blessed the latter part of his life more than the former. The yielded life says, I will patiently trust the Lord with all my heart, waiting on him even when I don't understand it, knowing that he will direct my paths. God through James has planted a bright red and white triangle yield sign along the road of our Christian lives. Obey it and it will help guide you safely through the intersection of faith and life.
Now, there's a second road sign that God, through James, installs along the road of our lives. It's a sign that we need to obey as we come to the corner of faith and life. The sign looks something like this, one that says, do not honk your horn. The car horn represents the things that we say. And you know as well as I do that there are some good uses for a horn. It's possible to honk a horn to give a friendly greeting, but it's also possible to use a horn to blast and berate other people. Well, the Ontario Traffic Act says we shouldn't use horns to make unreasonable noise. The book of James tells us we shouldn't use our voices to make unrighteous noise. In other words, we are to use our voices for things that are good and godly, not for quarreling or cursing. And it's clear that God doesn't want us to honk our own horns, which is boasting. In James chapter 5, verse 12, James writes, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. At first glance, you may want to only apply this text when asked to testify in a court of law. In that case, to obey the passage, instead of swearing to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, you would simply affirm that you would tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And while I do think it's appropriate to apply this teaching in the context of a courtroom, I also believe God intends for it to have a much wider application. It seems to me that James is teaching us that dishonesty is never an option. If we have to swear on a pile of Bibles that we are actually telling the truth to try to convince someone that we are, in fact, telling the truth, then we certainly haven't earned a reputation for speaking the truth. We are to speak honestly as a way of life, to let our yes mean yes and our no mean no. A third road sign that God used James to plant along the road of our Christian life on the way to the intersection of faith and life is a multi-directional sign, a little bit like this one. These kinds of signs tell us which way to go in order to get to certain places. Here near the end of the book of James, God installs a sign like this, pointing out where we are to go if we are in trouble, where we're to go if we're happy, and where to go if we're sick. Let's read it from the Bible. James chapter 5 verses 13 to 16 says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This sign gives us three directions. Are you troubled? The direction is to go to God in prayer. Are you happy? 
the direction is, go to God in praise. Are you sick? And the direction is to go to God with others in prayer. You may wonder, if we follow this direction, going to God in prayer, will it make any difference? I mean, how can the prayers of mere human beings like you or I accomplish anything? To encourage us to obey what this sign says and to pray, James tells us about Elijah. And in James chapter 5, verses 17 to 18, he explains, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. James reminds us that we are the same as Elijah. We're only human, and frequently we need help with things that are not humanly possible. Turning to God by faith, like Elijah did, praying to God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, will make a world of difference. If it worked for Elijah, it can work for you too. Convinced of this, James gave us this directional sign. If you're in trouble, go to God in prayer. If you're happy, go to God in praise. And if you're sick, go to God with others in prayer. The final sign that God raises along the way to the corner of faith and life through the book of James is a sign like this. It's a warning sign, a sign that says, wrong way. This chapter ends concluding the whole letter of James with an encouragement for us to look out for one another in order to help ensure that none of us goes the wrong way and ends up suffering the dreadful consequences. In James chapter 5, verses 19 to 20, the last two verses of the whole book, it says, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. And so James ends this letter telling us that if we see someone who's headed the wrong way, we need to speak up and try to warn them, to save them. This means that we are to help one another on the journey. When I'm driving and my wife Sherry is a passenger, I say to her, by all means, please tell me if you think I'm going to hit something or if you think I'm going to run a red light. You see, I would much rather she warn me and I avoid the danger than for her just to watch me drive right into a problem that she sees coming and then have to suffer the consequences. The truth is, on this journey to the intersection of faith and life, we will do much better, we'll travel more safely, and we'll increase our chances of all making it through to our heavenly home if we work together and warn one another with love and care whenever we see anyone start to head the wrong way. Is that easy to do? No, it's not. Is it always appreciated when we speak up to a person who we think is going the wrong direction? No, it's not. Sometimes people will get defensive. They may turn on us 
or they may just tune us out. And that's why James emphasizes the critical need for this by reminding us that by doing this hard work, we can actually save others from death. We can help one another through the hazardous intersection of faith and life. To conclude this message, I want to refer to you as brothers and sisters, just like James did so frequently in his letter. My brothers and sisters, we've come to an intersection. It's the corner of faith and life. You need to know that this intersection is a dangerous place. The danger is that we'll just keep cruising along, doing what we've always done, listening to sermons like this and verses from the Bible, just like we might mindlessly listen to music on the radio as we cruise down the highway, oblivious to the signs that we are passing by and not changing our actions as a result. If that's what we do, if that's how we live our lives, if we don't pay attention to the signs that God has put along the way, then when we get to the intersection of faith and life, we are an accident waiting to happen. Not integrating our faith and life is a surefire recipe for disaster, because if they don't integrate, we disintegrate. So please let all of the lessons that God has shown us through the book of James guide you down the road of your life. Don't ignore the road signs. Don't just read the signs. Obey them. The signs God places along the road of your life are not put there as decorations. They're there to help you travel safely through life to your heavenly home. We've finished our study of the book of James today, looking at four of these signs. The yield sign. Yield your life to God. Wait patiently on him. We saw the don't honk your horn sign. Use your words wisely. Speak honestly. Don't brag and boast. We've seen the directional signs. If you're in trouble, go to God in prayer. If you're happy, go to God in praise. If you're sick, go to God with others in prayer. And finally, watch out for the wrong way signs and let's commit ourselves to this. If we see any one of us getting off track, let's issue a loving warning. Let's do our part to help everyone get safely through the intersection of faith and life. Please let these signs from God guide you safely on your way as you integrate your faith and your life, your beliefs and your lifestyle as we journey to the corner of faith and life. I'd like to conclude with a prayer asking for God to guide us on his way. Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can turn to you today, yielding our lives to you, inviting you to guide us on this journey of life so that we can get safely through it, interacting with other people all along the way, representing you well here on earth during this journey, living our lives by faith accompanied by action. Guide us on this journey, keep us safe, Help us as a community of faith to look out for one another and to help one another along the way. Guide us as we journey 
Guide us as we seek to do your will. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.